This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. G'day, thanks for joining us. My name's Nathan. I'm the lead pastor of LifeGate Church. I want to take you back to the 21st of December, 2006. It was the day I took my wife, Michelle, to hospital to be induced for the birth of our first son, Aiden. Aiden was supposed to be born on the 15th of December, but he decided to hang around a bit longer, a longer in mum's tummy. And so we went in on the 21st um, in labour for the whole day. And at 12.30 a.m. on the 22nd of December, Aiden was born. And let me tell you, if you've experienced the birth of a baby, it's just one of the greatest experiences of your life. It is a wonderful celebration. I remember um, getting my old Nokia mobile phone out and typing in Aiden's name and, and the weight and his length and sending it to everybody on my contact list. There was no, you couldn't take a photo back then. But I put in all the details and sent it out to my contact list because I was so excited about the birth of my son. My dad tells a story of of the day I was born. Um, My mum and dad had trouble having kids and when I was born, my dad really celebrated. He tells a story that when he left the hospital, King George, the fifth hospital in the city, he he sang from the hospital all the way to the train station. He sang on the train from, from, from from the city all the way home and then sang from the train station at Padstow all the way to his home. He sang and people gave him lots of funny looks but he didn't care. He sang and he sang loud because his son was born. You know, in life, um, we get to celebrate lots of things and the birth of a baby is a really good one to celebrate. But in life, we all experience things. It uh, could be the birth of a baby. It could be getting a new job. It could be winning the lottery. You know, all these things that we want to celebrate. And uh, when, we, when these things happy, happen to us, we want to tell the people in our world that, that, are the, that, that this event's happened, this opportunity's happened, and, and we want to celebrate it. We might celebrate a, uh, a, a new relationship. We might celebrate a, a new house that we buy. Or, or today, we even celebrate food. Here's a picture of a post that my wife, Michelle, put on Facebook. This is a burger that my son, Aiden, who was born on the, in, um, in 2006, he's now um, 14 years of age, um, he... Um, made this burger, and not just one, he made five for our family. And let me tell you, it tasted awesome. He's, he's got a bit of a talent there. And my wife took a picture and put it on Facebook. <laughs> we are celebrate even food that we cook today. There are so many things that, that we celebrate. You know, and, and as Christians, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're listening to this message, if you're a Christian, friends, you have experienced the most wonderful thing. And that is that Jesus came to earth and died for you. It is just the most wonderful thing that Jesus has made a way for your sin to be forgiven, your relationship with God to be restored, for you to no longer die and and, and live a life separated from God once you leave this earth, but God gives you the gift of eternal life, living with him forever. It is the most wonderful thing. And it's not just for for those people over there or those people in churches, it's for me, that God has forgiven me. 
Jesus gave his life for me. I am now God's masterpiece. I, have, I am now a new creation and my eternity is guaranteed with God. These are good things and these are things that we should celebrate. And, 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 and what God has done in my life is so much better than any new relationship, better than winning the lottery or a new home or, or, or even the birth of a baby. What our God has done through Jesus is the greatest news. It is the best thing that we should all celebrate. But as I talk to Christians, I often say I often feel like there is a there is a disconnect between what they experience in their Christian journey, in, in having Jesus as their Savior and as their Lord, and then sharing it with the world. See, when we get a new house, we share it with the world. When we have the birth of a baby, we share it with the world. If we win the lottery, we are share it with the world. But then the greatest thing has happened to us, that we've been accepted by God, we've been forgiven of our sin, we've been given eternal life. And yet, and yet, we're not so deliberate in sharing that with the world, the greatest thing that's ever happened to us. There is regularly a disconnect, and I wonder why this is. Why is there a disconnect between the greatest thing that's ever happened to us and us talking about it with our friends? Here's a few thoughts. Maybe we just get used to being a Christian, or we get complacent about being Christian. Or maybe being a Christian isn't that important to us after all. Because if it was... We'd be sharing it every opportunity that we had. One of my um, heroes passed away last year, Reinhard Bonnke. Um, he was an evangelist. He was born in Germany. And then God called him to Africa. He had a vision of a blood-washed Africa. Africa washed in the blood of Jesus, meaning having their sin forgiven. And so he we went to Africa and he saw millions and millions and millions of people commit their life to Jesus. And I saw an, inter an, an interview with him once where, where he was being interviewed about sharing his faith. And he talked about that we need three ingredients if we're going to be effective in, in our sharing our faith. These are the three things. He talked about three greats to share your faith. The first thing is this. He said we need the great commandment. The second great, he said we need the great commission. And the third great he talks about is the great power. We need these three greats if we're going to share our faith effectively. And so in this message today, I'm going to look at these three things, the great commandment, the great commission, the great power. And, and if you're listening to this and you feel like there is a disconnect between what God has done for you and your desire to communicate it, to share it, my hope and my prayer is that as we look at these things, that, that our God would come by his spirit and give you a greater love for people a greater desire for obedience, and his spirit would come in power that you will be his witnesses. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to look at these texts. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that it speaks to us. Give us ears to hear from you. Give us hearts that are open. And when we pray, that you will come by your spirit in power and that you would change lives, that you would impact us, and that would, and that would stir us, motivate us, guide us, push us forward to declare what you've done for us through Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let's look at these things. Let's look at the first one, 
which is the great commandment. When our Reinhard Bonnke talks about the great commandment, he's referring to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22 when the religious leaders came to Jesus and asked him, so Jesus, which is the greatest commandment? Let's look at this in Matthew chapter 22, 35. One of them, talking about the Pharisees, an expert in the law, tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Verse 37, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Then he goes on, the next verse, and the second is like it. Jesus says, Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself, as the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Friends, the first commandment, the, no, it's not the first commandment, the, uh, the uh, great commandment, that our Jesus talks about is about love. And if we're going to be deliberate, if we're going to be motivated, if we're going to be passionate about sharing our faith, if, if we're going to be deliberate in sharing the greatest news that, are, that has ever happened to us with the world, the first thing we need is love for the world. Because if we truly love people, hear this, if we truly love people, we will share the message of Jesus with them. Because the message of Jesus allows people to have forgiveness of sin. The message of Jesus allows people to have a relationship with God. The message of Jesus means that you no longer die for eternity, but you have eternal life living with Jesus for eternity. And if we truly love people, we will share it with the world. You know, this uh, COVID thing that we're hopefully coming out of has been just... Um, horrendous for the world. In Australia, we've done really well, although it's been difficult for some people. But around the world, it's been horrific. It's led to job losses, people being sick, many thousands and thousands and thousands of people dying. It's led to a sense of hopelessness, mental health issues. It's led to domestic violence because of people's mental health and being out of work and the pressure and, the, and this COVID, the snowball effect of the difficulties of COVID just kept going on. Now, praise God, he's given scientists brains and wisdom and, and we have researchers um, where, 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 where people have studied this virus and have come up with multiple vaccines so that we can be protected from this virus that's now being distributed throughout the earth. Just imagine if those scientists who found the answer, who found the vaccine for COVID, did all the research, proved it to be true, that the vaccine worked, and then kept that information to themselves. They had the answer to protect the world from this COVID disease that's caused so much devastation. And what if they kept it to themselves? Friend, that would be so unloving. That would be so cruel and so horrible. So horrible and so cruel. How much more, how much more do we as Christians have the message of life? Not just the, the answer for some virus that affects a small portion of the world's population, but the answer for the whole world, that the whole world can come into relationship with God, that the whole world can have their sin forgiven, that the whole world can have eternal life. How much greater news is that? And if we truly love people, we'll be deliberately sharing the greatest news. 
that Jesus loved them, he died for them, and he offers them eternal life. That's the great commandment, the great commandment of love. The second great that Reinhard Bonnke talks about is the great commission. In Matthew chapter 28, we are read the great commission. Jesus has done his ministry, he's died, he's risen from the dead, he's, he's been walking on the earth, and he's about to go to heaven. And just before he goes, he speaks to his disciples and he gives them the great commission in Matthew chapter 28. Then Jesus came to them, his disciples, and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Notice verse 19, it's a command. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, Important, verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now, when we talk about the Great Commission, the Great Commission is all about obedience. In this text, God speaks, Jesus speaks to his disciples. He says, go. It's a command. God is, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them and teach them to obey Everything I have commanded you. And this, and this text is still for us today. Some people believe this, this great commission isn't for believers today because Jesus was speaking just specifically to his disciples. But if we look at the text, Jesus speaks to his disciples. He said, go, make disciples, baptize them, and then teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. What has he just commanded them? To go and make disciples and baptize them and teach them. And we are the result of that. And, these, and, and the disciples taught, baptized, made disciples and taught and made disciples and baptized generation after generation. And here we are today, disciples of Jesus, called to be baptized and teach the next generation about him. Friends, this great commission is for us. And if, you're, and if you call yourself a Christian, if, if, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you are called to live under Jesus' authority. Um, last year as a church, we had the All In series. And in that series, we talked about living all in, which is living under the authority of Jesus, saying no to my, to, to, to my way of living and choosing Jesus' way. And part of Jesus' way is living under his authority, living in the way that he wants us to live, living obedient lives. The, the, the Great Commission speaks to every believer and says that we are called, to every believer is called to share our faith. And if you want to be an all-in Christian, you need to be obedient. And if you want to be obedient, it means sharing your faith. You know, as a, as a pastor, I have the privilege of um, leading lots of people to Jesus. Over the years, I've seen many people come to Jesus through my preaching. Um, our, our people have become Christians in our services, in youth meetings, on um, on our online campus now as well. But, but one of the things that I find is most effective in, in making disciples is something that I put together called foundations. Now let me say there's a big difference between a, someone who makes a decision for Jesus and someone who becomes a disciple. A, a decision can be something that's made in the moment. And the parable of the sower talks about that. People who make a decision and then the difficulties of life or the pressures of life or the distractions of life People stop following Jesus. But here Jesus talks about in Matthew 28, becoming a disciple, a follower for life. And foundations is built to build disciples. 
is something that I put together back in 2011. Over the last nine years, I've updated it and updated it and added to it. And it's a wonderful tool that I have the privilege of using in helping people who don't yet know Jesus find out about him. Lead people to Jesus. People make a commitment. And then they learn some of the foundational things they need to know. And then, and, and then we talk about what it, what it means to live as a Christian today. It starts out in the first session of talking about um, that our God wants relationship with you. The second week's about who is Jesus and we, and we talk about who he is. Then the next four weeks are around um, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 to 3, where the Apostle Paul says, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go into maturity, not laying again the foundations. There's the word foundations of repentance, faith, baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so if Paul says that the foundations, I went, well, maybe we need to take that seriously. So, so the next four or five weeks are around those foundations. Then we talk about how to live. Once they've got the theological pieces in place, we then talk about how to live. We talk about living a life of worship. We talk about making a difference. We talk about being in community. And we talk about sharing your faith. It, it, it's 11 one-hour sessions that I sit down and do with people. And let me tell you, it is, it is, it is awesome. It is because, not that what I've written is awesome, it's awesome because it produces disciples. It produces people who don't just make a decision but actually live a life that follows Jesus all their days. I wonder if there's someone in your life that, that you'd be willing to sit down with for one hour a week for about three months and take them through the journey of finding out about Jesus, finding out some of the foundational truth of the Scriptures, leading them through the sinner's prayer, and then putting in, some, putting in place some really foundational elements into their life around being in community, living a life of worship, making a difference and sharing the faith. This has been really effective. And I want to challenge you. Is there one person this year that you could take through foundations? We have them here in the office. They're free to, free to use. I wonder if there's one person you could take through foundations this year and see the impact that the gospel of Jesus will have in their lives. You know, friends, we are called. Every believer is called to share the message of Jesus. We're called to be obedient. And that is the second great. The first great was the great commandment of love. The second great is the great commission. And that's all about going with obedience. And the third great, friends, is the great power that Reinhard Bonnke talks about is the great power. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus is, is, is again, has, has died on the cross, risen again, and it's in that time when he's talking to his disciples as, as he's appearing to them as, as the resurrected Christ. And in Acts chapter 1, in verse 4, he says this, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. And then he goes on in verse 8 and he says this, You will receive power, there's the word, power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. What's the purpose of this power? What's the purpose of the Spirit? And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What is this great power that we need? The great power is the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit that comes to give us what we need to share our faith. It gives us the he, not it. The Holy Spirit is not an it, it is a he. He gives us boldness. He gives us the words to say. He guides us to the people to speak to. He gives us all we need to witness for Christ. And we need the power of the Spirit in our life. It's interesting. This is Acts chapter 1, this text. Acts chapter 2, we're told that all the disciples together in, were in the upper room. They were afraid of the Jews. They just, the, uh, the uh, Jewish religious leaders have just killed their leader, Jesus. They, they believe he's died and he's risen, but they're afraid. And they're all in that upper room. And then the Holy Spirit comes. They have the tongues of fire. They have the sound of the wind. And they're all filled with the Spirit. And then they go out into the world and they proclaim the message of Jesus. On that day, Peter stands up and preaches the message of Jesus. And the Bible says that 3,000 were saved on that day. And the disciples from there go with boldness, no longer afraid in sharing their faith. You know, when our, when our churches talk about the Spirit, they talk about the gifts of the Spirit, and we do that. And, and we talk prophecy and speaking in tongues and healing. And, and are they're all good things. And, and, and we need all those things in our lives as believers. It's so important. But we mustn't lose sight of what this text says around the purpose of the Spirit. The text says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you power, power to be witnesses in your city, in your nation, to the ends of the world. We need the power of the Spirit to witness effectively, to share our faith effectively. So in summary, we've looked at these three greats today that our Reinhard Bonnke mentioned in that interview. The three greats to share your faith. Number one is this. We need the great commandment, which is love. If we're going to share our faith with people, a great motivation is because we love them. If you love people, you will share your faith with them. The second grade is around obedience. The great commission. Jesus wants us to go and share our faith. And the third grade is the great power of the Holy Spirit that will give us the, the words, the guidance, the boldness to share our faith. But we also talked about at the beginning of this message the uh, disconnect between what we've experienced in Christ, knowing that we have forgiveness and eternal life and relationship with God, the most incredible thing that's ever happened to us, and yet there's this disconnect between what we've experienced and us sharing it deliberately, passionately, purposefully with the world. There can be this disconnect. But I want to point you to these three things. Love, obedience, and the Holy Spirit. You know, whenever God wants us to do something and he wants us to share our faith, he doesn't say, go and do it, you're on your own. No, he doesn't. He comes to us by his Holy Spirit and gives us what we need to be, to be obedient to him. He changes our hearts. He changes our mindset and gives us what we need to be the people that he wants us to be. So as you look at this list and you go, you know what, I need more love for people. You know what, God can do that in your life. All you need to do is ask him and he will pour his love into your heart by the Holy Spirit and give you the capacity to love people more. If you want to respond out of obedience, and that's important, if, 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 if you want a greater desire 
to be obedient to God. Just ask him, God, I want to be obedient and share your faith. Give me a desire for that obedience. Ask him. And he will come by his spirit and give you that. And the great power, if you want power to witness, if you're afraid, you need the power of the Spirit. If you don't know what to say, you need the power of the Spirit. If you don't know who to speak to, you need the power of the Spirit. If you want opportunities, you need the power of the Spirit. Whatever you need for you to witness, it's there for you in God. And all you need to do is ask Him to come and meet you and to fill you. And He will give you all that you need to be the people that He wants you to be. So as we come to the end of this message, I want us to pray. And we're going to pray, come Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you a few seconds just to reflect. I'm going to pray that the Spirit will come in love. I'm going to pray that the Spirit will give us a desire for obedience and the Spirit will come and give us power for witness. It's going to give you a few seconds to, to reflect and then we're going to pray. Spend some time in reflection. Spend some time in personal prayer. And then I'll pray for you. Father, we know it's your desire that we share Jesus' message with the world. And yet, God, we, are, we often aren't as deliberate in sharing it as you would like us and as we would like us to be. So, Lord, we ask that you come now upon each one of us, everyone watching online, everybody in a room that's watching this message, that you would come now by your Spirit, and give us all that we need. Firstly, Father, we pray for love. Lord, that you would pour your love into our hearts. That we would see people and love people like you love them. Lord, that you would give us a greater passion for people. That we would truly love people like you love them. And out of that love, that would motivate us to share the message of Jesus with them. Father, I want to pray for obedience. Father, give us our desire within us to be obedient to your word. Come, Holy Spirit, upon every person watching online in the room that you'll put a desire in us for obedience and that we would want your way, that we would want your will, that we would, that we would choose your way. Come, Holy Spirit, and give us a, a desire to be obedient to you, a desire to share your faith with others. And finally, Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would come in power, that you would give us all that we need to be your witnesses, that you would give us the words to say, that you would give us boldness so that we know fear in us, that you would give us opportunities, that you would show us who to speak to. Come Holy Spirit upon every life. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you're in a room, I encourage you to ask someone, if you're in a room with other believers, I encourage you to ask someone to pray with you. Just say, just put your hand on each other's shoulder and say, come Holy Spirit. But if you're watching this and I've talked about what Jesus has done and you've never made a commitment to follow Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity right now. So with every head bowed and eye closed, if you want to commit your life to Jesus, pray this prayer after me. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you just pray that prayer, that is, that is a decision to follow Jesus. We want to help you now be a disciple and 
and uh, follow Jesus all your days. We'd love to take you through foundations. If you're watching this online, click on the prayer tab and just tell people that you, that, that you prayed the prayer and give us your details and we will help you in that journey. If you're in one of our meetings and you're watching this, I encourage you to go to the Start Here desk or talk to someone who invited you today so we can help you live a life where you follow Jesus all your days. Thanks for being part of this. God bless. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church Podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. 